0: Everyone, welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, the Hope Fellowship Podcast, all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host Seth Muse, and with me is Hope Fellowship's Lead Care and Support Pastor Brock Yonke and Licensed Professional Counselor Tara Wiedemeyer. And
1: the What's crowd up? Goes wild. <sighs> might be a crowd or people trying to be Darth Vader. I can't tell for sure.
0: It's either one is acceptable yes, to, in my so. mind. Yeah. Either one is fine. All right, today we got some heavy stuff right it's a little sensitive subject we teased it last time as in our in our last podcast episode divorce and infidelity now this is something that plagues a lot of marriages in america both in the church and outside so uh, our goal here is just really keep the idea uh, the an ideal marriage connected to the example of grace so we're going to be sure. talking about an ideal and what it looks like in grace. We all have an ideal what our marriage looks like, but it doesn't always look like that. So how do we give grace? So we're going to be balancing that out. And so I'm excited to talk about that. Jesus showed us grace. That's something to remember. Like, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us on that side. So there's a lot of stuff to unpack here. It can be tough. Brock, let's start with some biblical perspective on, on, for our listeners so we can all kind of be on the same page of what we're talking about here with the ideal and Yeah, grace. so it's,
1: it's interesting being in the church, And there is very much this concept, biblical concept, that divorce is not God's ideal. And you can see that pretty clearly. Yeah. And yet, as you're walking through the halls of the church or any place, divorce is very, very common. And so how do you kind of navigate what the scripture's ideal was versus how do we live this out on a day-to-day basis? In Matthew chapter 19, it talks about, Jesus said, Moses kind of permitted divorce because of your hardened hearts. And so then he goes on to say, but I tell you, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. And so Jesus upholds that idea of like, hey, divorce is not our ideal. And so I think as we go into any any marriage, our goal is to uphold the ideals of what Jesus has called us to do. But I think in life, everything we do, we're, we're called to kind of focus on the ideals. And so Tara and I were talking today about even when it comes to to lying, our goal is not to lie. The ideal is to be honest and truthful with people. But there are times that that just doesn't always happen, and so,
0: like when somebody I, asks you if a dress makes them look fat,
1: exactly, you move on. <laughs> and so, but I think the, the, the but then you look at when Jesus taught this way, and so I think that the ideals held up, and that's what we strive for, that's what we long for, that's what we pray for, that's what we ask grace for. But there's also the instance in John chapter eight when Jesus catches. Uh, the crowd around the woman who was caught in adultery. And he says he was out without sin, cast the first stone, and she was caught in adultery. She was unfaithful. And Jesus walks over to her and basically kind of offers grace and mm-hmm. offers unmerited favor and forgiveness and says to her, now go and sin no more. And so if you're listening to this and you've been through divorce, yes, that I believe that is God's ideal, but it, like there's a lot of ideals. And I believe that we serve a God that is very rich in mercy and grace. And so there is grace, and we can finally, and we can move on by still. So it's like this tension, like we're speaking out both sides of our mouth. There's true, like here's what God wants, Mm -hmm. and there's grace. Here's what God wants, and there's grace. And I think that's kind of how we we navigate that. And then, you know, we do have to talk a little bit about, we'll get into that, about if your spouse has committed adultery, because Jesus says, is that your automatic past? You're out to say, hey, we're done. Mm-hmm. Oh, or is that, you know, so we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I I just want everyone to feel that sense, that tension, I guess, a little bit of, here's mm-hmm. what God right. has called me to do, and I need to push toward that, ask for help for that, do everything I can to keep this ideal. But if that ideal doesn't happen, like a lot of life, grace just pours in And to things us.
2: can still be, and things can always be redeemed.
1: Yeah, that's that's the business that Jesus is in, yeah. is redeeming. That's kind of, he takes the broken and makes them new. He takes uh, I love the idea in the Psalms of beauty from ashes. And so mm-hmm. it's like there's just that's kind of he's in this business of restoration. Yeah. And so we're never beyond that. But at the same time, if we just focus on the restoration sides, ah, forget what kind of this ideal, then maybe we're missing out on a lot of things. That's one of the things that as I talk to especially couples that are older and maybe have experienced some infidelity or some hurt in the past that where they could have gotten divorced. And then they've kind of found some healing and found some restoration. Oftentimes they tell the story and will show pictures of like their grandkids and their family and like, hey, this was worth fighting for this thing. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean automatically that it's it's over. And even if you've made a mistake and kind of, or a mistake's not the right word, but you've gone on to an, another thing, it doesn't mean that God still can't bring that beautiful picture into play. So I don't know if I just right. destroyed
2: no, therapist side no, terror on that. No, not at one all. And I think, too, I just want to say like, please hear our hearts in this because I think you know, no matter where on this journey or spectrum you are, and I know that can look so different, um, you know, people have been um, cheated on. People are sometimes the cheaters. Um, People are working through stuff. People have chosen not to or tried and it didn't work out. And so just, you know, there's not a one-size-fits-all kind of black-and-white line of delineation here. And so just, you know... I think just as you sit with this, be open-hearted and open-minded as best you can. Um, because our our intention is not to offend anyone, but to, you know, speak truth and like, um, like show the grace that we know God wants to give us. And some of us have a hard time accepting that um, or don't feel worthy, <coughs> excuse me, of that. And so yeah this can just it can be really heavy when you talk about this kind of thing and so um, yeah just put your seatbelts on
1: yeah again I think there's ultimately the ideals there's great beauty in that like I mentioned the stories and all kind of stuff and so we're not diminishing the the ideal at all Um, and we're not diminishing the grace side either because we need it I mean like I'm friends with Tara this person needs a lot of grace it's unbelievable (laughs) And so, but yet, here we are, you know. And so that we kind of and represent Brock, that, brought the, one the that ideals it so much. And, the, and the grace are right here together. This is kind mm-hmm. of an, an interesting thing. So very cool.
0: All right, so that's really good. I, I love that. I love where you're going with that. And the grace idea is so important because, like you said, many of us have experienced. We we know the ideal, but we've experienced marriage in very different ways, and doesn't always live up to that. So when we do find ourselves in a situation where we either have been betrayed, cheated on. Uh, infidelity is taking place, or we're the one doing that. How do we heal from that? How do we get back and and build trust again? Is it how to salvage that relationship?
2: Um, well, it's a process just like everything else. And there's, you know, there's a lot of options. None of these are, well, I don't say none of these, but this is not in any particular order. But um, some of the things I would encourage um, if a client comes in to see me, so obviously going to counseling would be something I would encourage. But like once I see people in my office that this has happened to, um, you know, depending on the context and just where they're at and, you know, how much time has gone on sometimes, you know, but just, I would encourage those people to as, as much as they can surround themselves with people who are supportive and loving and extend that same grace, but just like, strengthening and being a part of, like, their support network. Um,
1: so you're kind of, like, diving in the community. Yeah. Because isolation is probably the worst possible spot to be at that. Yes. So you're kind of diving into some people around yeah. you so that you can have some support yeah. not and not be alone.
2: Like, yeah, and like everything else, like, I think we, and when we isolate, this happens even more, but, like, we can get stuck in our own heads very easily. So especially on something like this, we can end up in a negative space really quickly, and it's it's really hard to, like, walk yourself out of that on your own and we're not wired to do that anyway and so this is a time to really allow yourself to be vulnerable with safe people even though vulnerability probably feels like the most threatening thing at this time because of what's happened but to be vulnerable with safe people who haven't broken your trust so you can then start to walk through this and try to wrap your head around it and heal as best you can and so
1: and don't you think too it's it's almost like you're your brain starts to betray you, like you were saying. And so you almost need a mental guide. Yes. And so I know Tara won't push this as much as I will because she is the therapist. But it's like if you're not going to therapy, it's almost like you're setting yourself up for some problems in my mind because like friends can be great, that support network, but oftentimes mm-hmm. they're basing their advice on their experience.
0: Right. And and, so, and your side of the story.
1: And your side of the story. And so that's why having this neutral, educated, trained person that's going to guide you through this. Seems like such a better bet to me to help you navigate that. Yeah. And you can get there the other way, but this seems like it's a, a a much more safe process to have that therapist kind of guide you through that because your emotions, your thoughts, your advice can be so mm-hmm. not what you need to hear that. So yeah. sorry I interrupted, well, but no, I, just did, I wanted to good. make sure I I pushed the wellness
2: center and <laughs> Thank we're terrible words. Um, but also too, like it helps to not feel like you're going through it alone because like a lot of people don't want to open up to their friends, you know, or their family about it. Because maybe, you know, they know the, um, their spouse and so they don't want to put those people in that position or they feel like, you know, that person's not going to be able to be objective, whatever. There's a million reasons. And so I think just having a safe space to go and talk about it, first of all, then like surrounding yourself with your community and your tribe of people as frequently as you can, I think is so important um, and helpful you know, and then at some point, marriage counseling if you choose to go in that direction. But always starting with individual, um, I think, is a good thing. Just to kind of like
0: like individual find your footing on your own. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, like whether you're the cheater or the cheaty, I yeah. think um, counseling for you alone is vital because no matter what side you're on. There's healing to be done. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that needs to probably um, get worked out, boiled down, and processed. And so, um, so I it's think kinda, that's kind like
1: This is the ultimate time to really draw that circle around yourself. Absolutely, and work on you. And it's so
2: hard because if you're the one that's been cheated on, right? You want to draw the circle around your partner and either you know control them or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, push them totally away, whatever you know. But
0: and if this is not you, the time to do that. We're obviously not saying that it's your fault, but it is—it is a temptation to do well, that. There's, there's
1: hurt and there's pain, and there's you start pain. to navigate things yeah. incorrectly yeah. because at, you're acting out of pain, right. and yes. you're doing everything so. in
2: that moment to, like, especially if you want your marriage to work. Um, and you know that from the beginning. Some people don't know that, but like right off the bat, if you know, like, okay, no matter what, we're going to work through this. Yes. You get afraid, and so you're doing everything you can to grab onto something that feels safe and try to control the situation and you can't no. and so those are falsehoods really i mean yeah. it's just and I, I it makes sense while we do it but it's not going to work it's not productive and i think it it can, it causes more emotional turmoil when we do that but and when we need in, someone
1: to help you navigate through that season yes i mean you, if you're doing that alone you can yeah. go yeah. In all kinds of crazy because
0: you'll start making decisions based on fear like you said, yeah. in, in, in or whatever you, other emotions it, you're bringing to the table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I know that in my life, when I start making decisions because I'm afraid of something happening, I assume so much and I end up making like right. poor decisions because well, I thought something was the way it really wasn't instead of just help, yeah. getting help.
2: Well, and I say this all the time and it's even painted on our building, but fear is a liar. And so it mm-hmm. will it will trick us and it will um, like warp. Or like skew our vision, yes. and so that changes the way that you know we walk things out. And so, but fear, you know, it's not just fear that does that. But there's so much fear on both sides, really. And sometimes that's part of the reason that the infidelity even occurred. You know, there's there's something that's that's broken in that marriage, or you know, maybe several things. But there's there are areas that even the person who committed the adultery they usually have areas of fear in their lives too you know
0: and and let's talk about that because you know there's a lot of things we can do on the uh, on the 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 post infidelity side but you hope to never really have to get there right right? so what are you said there's some things that were broken in the marriage already this is the preventative side so what are some of those things that you can do to either bring those to the surface so you can deal with them or um, identify some of those kind of flags i guess for um, when you feel like something might be broken or whatever that you don't, just to avoid the infidelity, avoid you know um, divorce in general.
1: So it's interesting because Esther Perel, she mm-hmm. talks about how you know um, that sometimes it's like we look at it from different perspectives on a male and a female and mm-hmm. the, the reasons they get into uh, infidelity might be out of you know a sexual need or it might be out of intimacy need or whatever. And so I think it's so important again, to go back to community. As a preventative maintenance type of a deal, mm-hmm. because I think in community, I know as if it is a sexual de- deal that you can begin to have something you can share. Like I'm concerned that there might be some things that aren't, aren't going the way I want them to go. There's a little too much desire temptation here for like, hey, I'm not experiencing intimacy, but community is a large player in that, and you have to have that community to help you navigate that situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it's good too, like. You know, go back to our last episode with all the resources and things to, to continually work yeah, on for, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's not something you set and forget. You mm-hmm. know, your marriage is something you constantly are managing. It's a tension you constantly manage right. between any and really any relationships that way. But yeah. this is the most important. Well, second most important relationship next to the one you have with Jesus. Obviously, it's in our, our understanding, but uh, super important relationship to navigate there. And want to make sure you're working on that.
2: Well, I think no matter where you're at in your marriage, like just making sure that you're that you value it, and you're taking care of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's going to keep people out of this spot, but it can definitely help. And, you know, um, it can also help with the healing process if this does occur with forgiveness and, um, you know, essentially like working things out. And so it's just... Yeah. Just, I mean, take care of your marriage and water it. And, um, I think we should, we, a lot of times kind of, and I'm guilty of this in the past, you know, like, but like putting it on the back burner and maybe even giving more focus to like my kids or my friendships or my work relationships or whatever. And that's not okay. And so Mm -hmm. if you're doing that, stop it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's when it's time to think about you know all these things like doing something like a reengage or something like that where you're gonna have some 'cause it's it's easy to it's easy to have our intentions, yeah, and then when you put something on the calendar, it's a whole different deal, and so something like a reengage or a small group or something like that where you're meeting and you have to put it on the calendar, you
2: have to be can, accountable you have
1: to be accountable, and yeah. then marriages t- typically in my opinion starve because there's no intentional time spent together, right. and so like you're just two ships passing in the night because you're doing work stuff, kid stuff, whatever, that really can starve a marriage, and so community intentional time together uh I think what we talked about before about all the learning stuff that you need to be doing. Uh, you need input and guidance from other people, you, you know, the people to be able to share into your, your story. And I think ultimately, too, it's like as we continually come back to, it's dealing with your own issues. Like, yep. man, I'm going to make sure that I'm as healthy as I can be regardless of what's going on, that that's really the path to really navigating things the best right. way.
0: And, and when we listen to all that that we need to do, it can be kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, what, what's hap- what's worked for me might work for our listeners is what's take, take a small step, you know, like if you can't, you can't take 20 steps today, but take a small step towards, you know, health in your marriage. Like what's one thing I can do today for my spouse that would really bless their life, you yeah. know, that would really make them feel loved. What's one thing I can do today that I normally don't, that would just be great for them. You know, something like that. Just think about it. If you're listening, think about it now. What's one thing I can what's do? What's the next step? I can what's take? the next step? Yeah. Do I need, let's start a book. You know, we'll give you, we'll give you 18 different resources or so, but pick one and start with that and just take off the little chunks at a time and, and start to chip away because that's, I mean, you got a long time to work on this. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to, you don't have to do all this at once. Well,
2: and it's overwhelming. And so it's okay to, everybody's going to have a different timeline. It's okay to like, you know, go at the speed that you need to go to or go at. And so whatever that looks like, but if, like, taking it a day at a time is too much, like, I mean, I have clients who literally take it hour by hour, and you have, you just, you have to do what works for you, and what's the, like, what's, what's going to be the most helpful, um, healthy option for you, and, I think, especially, and then communicating that to your spouse is important too. So, because they may not understand why you're doing what you're doing, or where you're, why you're going to this thing, or you know. And so, again, like we say, always. But I mean, it always comes back to communication.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a ton of great stuff there. Um, so we'll wrap up here. I I really appreciate you guys on this on this conversation. It's very uh, it's very uncomfortable to talk about this because nobody wants to think that this could be a risk. But everybody, you know. If you're not maintaining and working on it, it could get there someday and become an issue uh, or a risk. So, thank you guys so much. Any parting shots of, of wisdom before we get out of here?
1: Ideal and grace. I think that's the thing. It's yep. like, and here's what God's calling me to do. I'm pursuing that, but realize that we pursue that He's full of all kinds of grace. As a fly almost flew into my mouth right that would have been disgusting. <laughs>
0: He laid it on my head a second ago, and I was like, what is happening? I'm going to get him. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, and uh, thank you for The Fly for coming into our studio. Um, well, I hope you'll subscribe and give us a rating and review in iTunes. Uh, join us next time for more biblical perspectives on marriage and relationships. We hope that you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways uh, only God could imagine. Have a good one. See ya.